0: God, we adore you, We worship you. Father, we thank you for your great love for us. That you reach down from heaven to earth to draw us back into relationship with you. That you went and died on the cross, taking on all of our sins to restore us back to life, true life with you. So, Father, that's why we sing to you. That's why we worship you. Because we have an understanding of what you've done. And we're getting a better understanding of of your great love for us. So, Father, we thank you. Thank you that we live in a country where we can freely worship you. And we can come to buildings like this and, and just pour out our love and our adoration to you, God. And Father, we thank you so much. Thank you so very much, God. Lord, I pray this morning that you would open our spiritual eyes to see you with greater clarity. That you would open our spiritual ears to hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts, God. And that you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us this morning, God. That we would walk away changed, not the same people that we were when we walked in this building because we've encountered you. And it's an encounter with you that changes our lives and changes our hearts. And so, Father, we pray all this with expectation. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much for joining us in worship this morning. And uh, uh, I, w- I want to reiterate uh, something that Christine said. We're really uh, appreciative of all of you uh, I think most of you know that Christine's mother passed away a couple of weeks ago. And although we didn't talk to many of you, we didn't spend a lot of time on the phone and talking and stuff like that, but we know that your prayers were with us. And, uh, we talk about one of our mottos here is at life fellowship is life giving life changing life relationships. And it's really, really important that we have those relationships because we're all going to need them at some point in time. uh, You know, I I think that of all the things that God values the most is his relationship with us. And Jesus said that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like, like the first, to love one another. And so we're very intent on building godly, healthy relationships because we all need them. And we were designed to have a relationship with him, but also one another. So um, I just want to say thank you. We love you guys so much. And I'm trying not to cry right now. <laughs> I'm really working hard. I'm working hard at it. But, uh, but we love you and appreciate you. And uh, Julia, the, the video that you sent of, of the warriors. <sighs> thank you. It touched our hearts. And, uh, we love you guys so much. So I'm going to try to stop crying now and move on. Uh, we have a very special service this morning, and I'm so excited. We've been talking in this series about all the nations, and it's our core scripture is Matthew 28:18 through 20. Would you welcome them in, in the house? You guys want to come on up? We'll get started here. Okay, we're having a little technical difficulties here, but we're going to move on. If you guys would have a seat. Before we get started this morning, I want to talk about a couple of things that we've been talking about over the past few weeks. Would you have me those? I want to encourage you to continue to read along with us. On Monday, we're going to be reading 2 Kings chapter 6, and that's one of my favorite chapters. It talks about some of the miracles that Elisha did, and one of those miracles is, is really significant to me. But anyway, listen, please take one of these or take a couple of them and read along with us. If you haven't been reading, then just jump in and start where we are. Second Kings chapter 6 is where we'll be starting on Monday. So we encourage you to read the Bible. Listen, we don't fully understand the principles of God and the truths of God if we're not reading the word of God. I don't know if you've ever read the Old Testament, but it's really really interesting. And the amazing thing is is that you can see throughout the Bible but how God has taken normal, regular, ordinary people like you and me and done amazing things to their lives. So what we can see when we read the Bible and we read about these heroes of the faith or we see their flaws and we see some of the the challenges that they walk through. And you know, their challenges weren't too much different from the ones that, that we walk through. And so we we really encourage you to read along. Also want to continue to promote the, the Wednesday evening Bible study from 7 to 745. If you're in sixth grade through adult, you need to be here. It's good stuff. We have child care arranged already. And I want to Continue to encourage you to commit to attending every Sunday morning. These are the tools that will change your life and continue to invite others to come. We are not going to release the Warrior Youth today, so you guys are going to stay in here. And I will be referring to this couple as James and Jenny now. (laughs) Meet James and Jenny, not their real name, but to protect the innocent. Listen, guys, where they go sometimes is very, very, very dangerous. And so we want to do all that we can to protect their safety as they travel. And so uh, we're not going to be using their real names from here on out until after the service is done. Before we sit down and talk, I want to just go through our mission statement. Do you remember what our mission statement is? Can you quote it? I mean, do you know it? Can you quote it without looking at the screen? To develop, maintain, and model... Personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. All right, let's say it again with conviction. All right? To develop, maintain,
1: and model personal
0: intimacy with Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. All right. We're continuing in the series, All the Nations, and this morning's services impact Africa. Well, before I go there, let me say a couple of things. Back to us being gone for. Uh, last week. I want to thank Dave for, for teaching Sunday morning, and uh, did a great job. Thank you so much, and uh, I want to thank Jason. He filled in for Bible study. Where's Jason? Two weeks, two weeks, and I didn't get to hear the Bible study, but I, I heard good reports, and I know that he did a good job, and, and I heard that he did well, and I also want to thank all of our team leaders. You guys really picked up the ball and, and just ran with it, and, and all of you that are serving I want to thank you. It's, it's wonderful. I, I, Christine and I were talking this morning, and I think we've been gone six Sundays in almost five years. And it's wonderful to be able to take a, a Sunday off and know that you guys are, you've got it. You've got it handled. And you're, you're not only going to handle it, but you're going to handle it with excellence and that you're going to continue to minister in love. And that's the heart and the DNA and the culture of Life Fellowship. And so we're so appreciative of all of you that are serving, and, and whenever we're away, that you pick up the ball and run with it. We appreciate all your prayers, love, and support. So let's continue on this series, All the Nations. My first point, and I guess my only point, is Life Fellowship is helping reach the world. We talk about how that we're impacting this community. We talk about a global impact, a, a, a regional impact, and a local impact, and so we're doing that. James and Jenny, are uh, currently our primary international outreach. And so I wanted them to just share. But before we get to them, I want to go through the core scripture. It's Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And, it's, and Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth, all authority. And so what did he say? He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he goes on to say, teach these new disciples to obey all that I've taught you or to obey all the commands that I've given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And so it was a command that Jesus gave, not only to impact our, our local community and our families and things like that, and, and uh, we're doing that and we want to continue to do that, but also to go and impact the nations. And I've shared with you that I, I can see that maybe some of you will be going abroad, uh, going to other nations, and helping train up other leaders or plant churches or whatever those things may look like. And uh, so we get to hear from a firsthand experience of what that, what that looks like, what that tastes like, what that smells like, and what that's like. Let's go ahead and get started. I want to thank you guys for joining us, and I'm going to squeeze by.
2: For the sake of this role-playing, can we call you Bob? Yeah, Bob.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Bob, yeah. yeah pastor like Bob. So
2: Bob, too. Yeah. Me. Jenny, would you,
0: uh, <laughs> would you share with us just briefly a little bit about your history? Uh, I know your dad's a pastor. A wonder. Your parents are wonderful parents. Can you share just a couple of minutes about your background in that? Hi.
3: Um, my background is, this is really close. I'm yeah, loud. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I grew up in a Christian home. My parents are both have been in ministry my whole life. They put me in Christian school. My dad's been a pastor my whole life. And sometimes I cringe when people tell me that. Like, ooh, you know, what's next? Because preacher's kids are often the worst.
2: And so <laughs> it's true. I mean Let's just be honest.
3: So, I'm, you know, but I say that with great um, integrity because my parents never pushed. They offered. And that can make the complete difference in our lives. And so um, they offered me the gospel, and they offered me the right way to go. They offered it, and then it takes root. It always does. I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. The Holy Spirit does the rest, man. So um, as long as we don't mess it up as parents, we're good. And I, I continued on that way. I went to Christian school. I ended up going to seminary. I tried college, um, the traditional way with business, um, psychology. And then I went to seminary. <gasps> So I just, I love the word of God. I have a love for the word of God. And God called us into ministry, um, cross-cultural ministry, I think, at I was 22. So, yeah.
0: Very good. Very good. And uh, what's your name again? James. 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 James you James, have a, a, a little different story there don't you. Uh, can you sh- briefly share about
2: that? Sure. Uh, first, man, this is weird, like, sitting like this. We've never done anything like this. And I really enjoy it. You know, it <laughs> takes off the pressure of, you know. Uh, talking down to people, we can kind of get sure. eye level, and this is great. But my story is a lot different. Uh, I don't really know why my wife allowed me to marry her, but you know she is an amazing woman. You no, know, I, I came up. My my family is kind of the so-called you know, thug family. Even to this day, they struggle with you know uh, sexuality problems. I have uh, some drug activities going on, violence, you know things like that in my family that. That, that Satan had intended for myself. And, and so, but, you know, as as I was growing up and, and, I, and I was asking the questions, who is God and, you know, why did he create me? And I know he didn't create me for me to live this lifestyle that I'm living, I'm trying to follow, the, you know, the wrong crowd. And I started going to church, and the church I started going to kind of led me astray to some other doctrine that I now know that wasn't the truth. And so as I, I, I really impact, and embraced the world and I allowed, you know, drugs and alcoholism and things take a, take a hold of my life. And I lived a radical life. And then, you know, I, I started to realize that, you know, I'm killing myself not only physically but spiritually. And so God was calling me, and I met my wife. And my wife, she caught me at the end of me coming out of, trying to come out of the world. And her dad just so happened to be a pastor, And he wasn't an enabling pastor. He actually challenged me to read the Word of God, to find out who I was, and to really learn my identity. And then once I learned who I was, I realized I was a radical Christian who wanted to live a radical life serving God. Great, great. Well, you know, that's exciting because uh, it it just
0: reiterates kind of what I was talking about earlier. When, When we read the Bible and we read about the people in the Bible, how they were not perfect people, and a lot of them were rascals. And, uh, but God will take people that are humble and, and teachable and obedient. Deuteronomy 30, 20 says the key to your life is love God, obey God, and commit firmly to him. And so when we do those kinds of things, God takes our life and uses us in amazing ways. Did you ever think that you would be a missionary out there on the field and God would be using you to impact lives the way that he is?
2: Well, not as a Christian. I knew I always had a passion to travel. I, coming up I always live from apartment to apartment from one side of Houston to another side of Houston so I've never really had roots yeah. at a home that I grew up with with a white picket fence that never was my life so to transition into missions to go from country to country and now God's calling us to Morocco and South Africa it's not very hard for me to you know to go there you know compared to how she was raised. Uh, can you
0: share James uh, some of the things that you guys are doing to help the poor and and the the unemployed people
2: in the communities? So? Yeah sure uh When we were in Morocco, we we went there for the intent to, to be a light in the Muslim world. We learned, we took some classes, and we learned that we can't, it's illegal for us to go and share the gospel, and if we were to be caught, you know, there would be, you know, repercussions that we would have to pay, because it is the law of the land, and we as Christians, we have to respect the law of the land, but we also know if we're asked a question, we can have an answer for every man. So while we were there, we were, you know, letting our light shine, developing relationships, and then I ran into... Uh, international pastor. He's, he has an international church where the church is for expats or so people who are there working and, and doing certain things. And the Moroccans aren't allowed to even come near that place, but you know, people from foreigners can come. And he introduced me to a ministry that is happening where there's a lot of sub-Saharan Africans, meaning that where the Sahara Desert on Africa, all the countries below, like from Nigeria and Ghana and all these popular countries that you might know of, Senegal, all the way down to South Africa they 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 migrate going to Europe to try to find a better life. If you can imagine like South Americans or Central Americans or Mexicans coming into America trying to find a better life. Well it's the same there but here in, in America we allow people to have rights. You know you come and you treat humanely. Well these people they come into the country of Morocco because Morocco is the next city into or the next country into Europe and they get caught in the Moroccan police you know, because of the U.N. wanting to discourage these these Africans to going into Europe, they beat them, mistreat them, they have no rights, no health care, they get hurt, they have to suffer, and they live in the woods. And so we went and we gave food and we, we gave clothes and shoes and blankets, and, and and God really tugged on our hearts and said, you know, this is where you're at. Because a lot of people are scared. They have lice, and you know, and they're dirty and they don't bathe. And it's not that they're, you know, just... There's animals. These, some of these guys are well-educated. They're just looking for a better life. They're desperate, you know, just because of war-ridden countries or whatever it is. And so I really bonded with them. And so now we have formed a nonprofit. We're trying to promote in South Africa and in Morocco so that we can, you know, really, uh, di- you know, not necessarily discourage but encourage these believers or these, these Africans to go back home and to utilize the skills that God has given them, their, their own skills, and to create, you know, jobs for themselves in their own country. Uh, it goes deeper. I can go a long way. It goes really yeah, There's a lot to say about it. It's kind of our main focus of ministry. But as of that, I hope you got a, a good understanding. So what you guys are doing
0: is, uh, it's kind of like the saying, you can give a man a fish and right. feed him for a meal. Or you can teach him how to right. fish and feed him for a lifetime. So you guys are helping them learn skills and prepare them so that they can provide for themselves instead of running away to another country go back home and and work there and how is that working as far as uh like being able to minister to them share the love of Christ with them do you find that they're open uh,
2: more open to that well if you can imagine like any of us I don't know who has ever had that real hunger pain that where you don't know where the next meal is coming from. I mean, not because you might be poor, but just maybe you know there's no food in the refrigerator or whatever. <laughs> when you have that, that pain, you're know you you're open to ideas. How can yeah. I get the next meal? And so these guys, we come in as Americans. They see us as, wow, you're coming with money. And you're coming with uh, you know food and help. And so they're all ears. And then we're telling them, hey, you know what? I want to come alongside of you and teach you a skill a skill that you might not, you know, see now the value in it. But when I teach you the biblical value of the skill that I want to teach you, it allows them to to get interested, to become interested in what we have to say. And so now we have the opportunity instead of to stand over them and preach at them and then walk off and say, be blessed, we can come alongside of them and work with them and say, you know what, these things that we're teaching you are principles that come out of the Bible, you know, money management. Mm. Bible is clear about how to manage money. Uh, um, ethics, work ethic, you know, the Bible is clear about these things. And these things we can teach as we are practically showing them how to do certain, yeah. certain ministries. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I guess it's important to uh, meet the needs of people. And then they certainly are more receptive mm. to the gospel and the things of the Lord. I know that Pastor Christine has been to Africa and she says they don't have a problem with the spiritual. It's the Holy Spirit yeah. versus the unholy spirit. Can you guys speak to that a little bit?
3: Yes. Well, there's a few things that I definitely want to say really loud and close to my face. Um, <laughs> there's a few things I definitely want to say, but one um, sticks out in my mind. And I know you're going to ask me another question. Hopefully, hopefully I'm going to say this. Oh, well. um, I was in Swaziland this past time, a few months ago, I guess November, <clears throat> and um, we were in Swaziland. It's a little tiny country, and um, where I was doing HIV ministry, and I was um, ministering to this one woman. She's real thin. I mean, literally, she knew she was soon to die. Full-blown AIDS, Just and she had two little kids, and just oh, cry, cry, cry with her, Just and share the love of Jesus with her. But this uh, whole homestead, everyone lives together. And it's, you know, a few, maybe 30, 40 people, um, different houses, not different people, different houses and different little huts that they live in, and I was going around, after I ministered to that woman, I was going around to all the other houses, and just praying for people, and and loving them, there was one woman, kind of grabby lady, and, um, grabby lady, yeah, grabby, you know, just touching it randomly, I'm like, inappropriate, inappropriate, but, you know, I don't speak Swazi, so, uh, so, but she eventually grabbed my hair, and at the time, I didn't think a lot of it, because when you travel, people see you as different, they want to touch you, and touch your hair, and touch your eyes, and and my crazy... (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: like this, yes.
3: And um, you kind of do this and you just keep talking. But um, I get home that night, we put the kids to sleep, we get them baths, we put them in some bucket baths, by the way, put them to sleep. And um, I wake in the night with weight on my blanket. And I'm thinking, oh, what is this? Somebody's crawling in the bed, it's supposed to be in their own bed. I want to get some sleep. I look down and they're snakes, black mambas. Now, my kids love Discovery Channel, okay? So I look at them and I know exactly what they are. And I have 29 minutes to get the anti venom if I get bit. And I'm on a mountain in Swaziland and I don't speak Swazi. And if there was a hospital, I don't know if they have the anti venom. And all these thoughts are going through my head and I'm wow. spiraling crazy. And um, all of a sudden, fear and doubt crept in, okay? Mm. And fear and doubt are just. Man, it's the craziest thing because it can grip you. Mm. Not like, you know, I'm afraid if I'm going to make a decision and I'm not going to get the right job or whatever, but like the kind of fear that changes your whole life. Like unmovable, I can't say anything, I can't, like all of a sudden the blood drains from my face and I don't know what to do. And I got conviction at that moment. Because the truth is, when I went to that homestead, I was ambassador for Christ, man. And I wasn't on my own accord. And she had no business sending agents to assassinate me and my family you're in, you're out of your lane. Completely. You are out of your lane. And so, hair. yeah, she took care. So she conjured up something. And, um, and so, but she had no right. She was completely out of sorts and out of line in the spirit. She was out of line. And so I got conviction in my heart. The Holy Spirit revealed to me that you're in the wrong place too, because you have no reason to have fear like this. It has no reason wow. to grip you. Fear, that's sin, sweetheart. Wow. <laughs>
1: Sorry,
0: Lord.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> can you get this snake could, off after, me? <laughs> can we do
3: this after the snakes are gone? But um, so um, I'm going to tell you guys something that the Holy Spirit revealed to me. He said to me that fear and doubt are twins born in hell. Hmm. Their mother's name is Satan, and she had a torrid affa- affair with, with her, their mother's name is Sin, and she had a torrid affair with Satan. Hmm. She, they are constant infants. She constantly is nursing them with the human spirit. They are never full. They are never satisfied. You cannot give them enough. It is not possible. So expel them from your life. Expel fear and doubt. Speak them by name and expel them from your life. In that moment, with the snakes crawling around on my kids, on myself, I had to take inventory of my life. I had to take inventory of this thing that was gripping me. It was bigger than me. Now, everybody, you remember the story. It's something we tell kids, hey? Um, in Genesis, and God cursed the snake, and he slithered on the sand and, and the dirt, and God said he would eat dirt. God told me that the dirt that he was eating, the dust. I say ashes to ashes, you say, right? What's dust? This. It's all the stuff. It's the flesh. Now, in the spirit, he can't touch me. I'm in heavenly places, man. I'm so far from him. I'm so far removed. He can't touch me. If he finally got to heaven for some strange reason, I'm inside Christ. And Christ is inside God. I mean, you he can't touch that. That's, I'm, it's a done deal. I'm sealed. It's done. But the flesh, he has a field day. That is what he eats. And he crept into that room eating all this fear dust, all this doubt dust, and I was giving it to him like a buffet. And I'm asking you guys to remember that in your life. Never, ever, ever give him an inch, especially with fear and doubt, because God can't do anything with that. 366 times the Bible says, fear not. He meant it. If he says it twice, really pay attention. 366, dude, you better do it. You know? And so the end of the story is I took authority in this situation. The snakes had to leave. They had to go. Some of them disappeared off of me, and some of them slithered back to whatever hole they came out of. But it is very much possible for someone to speak something in the spirit to something come up in the physical and you have to speak against it, and you have that authority, and his name is Jesus, and the Amen. blood of Jesus, there is so much power, and I can go on and on and on about that. I won't, I Amen. won't, but Amen. I can. <laughs>
0: Amen. Well, uh, well, good. Well, you know, the word says that God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, and that's that, what's that That word? Dynamis. all right, you guys know what that is? Yeah. I know that some of y'all, when we are at Acquire of the Fire, talked about wanting to go on the mission field. I hope you're listening to this. This is not just like a vacation, all right? This is serious stuff because we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness in the heavenly places that come to, you know, uh, John 10.10, what does that say? Do you remember that scripture? The thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come, Jesus said, that you may have life, abundant life in abundance. So, um, so we see a, a clear uh, differentiation between The understanding of the spiritual things in Africa and what we see here in America, they know the power of the unholy spirit. They know that that, and you guys uh, have witnessed that. But I guess, on the other hand, uh, they've experienced some of the power of the Holy Spirit, too. Now, I've shared with you guys before, and you can tell the story better than I can, but you were feeding some people, right, a number of people, and you'd fed them a meal, and then you had some cookies and some candy. Mm. Call them sweeties, yeah. right? That sweeties. Exists. Can you tell that story? and Keep the that mic story. all
3: the way up. All the way up. Yeah. You want to keep you telling hear you. Everywhere. Everybody do this if you can hear yeah. me. <laughs> Move it up. Okay. So we Just were in a... Just touch your um, chin with
0: it. That's a good... <laughs> that's uh, so there weird. You go.
3: <laughs> I feel loud. Okay, so we were in um, Cape Town. And in Cape Town, in South Africa, there are so many townships, so many squatter camps. I mean, they're innumerable. So you have super rich houses, and then right on next to that, there's a little place where nobody... They put little tin together, and that's where they sleep. Mm-hmm. It gets quite cold. This is the um, southern hemisphere, so... Um, our summer is their winter, so july august super super cold in times of the year, so it was i think we were maybe in in September it was still quite cool and we were bringing food thank you we were bringing food, we were bringing um, um some sweaters and things for the kids, and there were many, many kids um. They flood in. First, you bring food, and then you have, oh, just a few kids, and then they start coming. Like, oh, they have food, and they start coming, and coming, like, yeah, come on, guys. So That so,
0: happens at church, too. Yeah, it yeah.
3: does, doesn't it? It happens everywhere. And we're having you a spaghetti people.
0: dinner Sunday, come so we'll, we'll have an extra number of
3: people. So, so they, they kept coming, and at that point, we weren't even counting anymore. But God, and the funny thing is, we talk about the sweeties, we talk about that, but the funny thing is, we only had so much rice and chicken, and, you know, there was only so much of that. I didn't even notice, because it's in a big pot. I'm not counting grains of rice, you know, I don't know. It just kept on coming and everybody got some so at the end we wanted everybody to have cookies and there's long things almost like our Laffy Taffy but the it's sweetie It's the sweetie is what they call it and we got down and we started to get less and less and less And the line kept on coming and coming and she was five at the time now she had one of the sweeties she finished her food early and she wanted a sweet and so more of the line was there and the food was getting less, and then she started to cry. I was like, I took the children, sweetie, and they're not going to have enough. And her eyes started to well up with tears, and she felt conviction. just really started to be sad. And I took, you just pray. It's going to be fine. Everybody's going to get something. And in my mind, I'm thinking, where's my husband? He has the car. We can go get these kids some more sweeties and some cookies. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm saying, oh, pray, sweetie. You know, and so, and that's so me, right? That's, it's, it's, it's sin nature, really, but it's, it's me itself i can do this i can go run and get something i'll go in debt for these cookies and sweeties you know whatever it takes we're gonna make it happen and god spoke to me too don't i provide god. yes and i'm giving cookies yes lord you know and there's like this platter pray yes lord and you know I, it didn't occur to me this is the problem with the Western mind, okay? It did not occur to me. What occurred to me, take out that credit card, go find someone who takes plastic in this place and swipe it and get us some cookies, right? And God said, no, I am your provider. I love these kids. I'm gonna give these kids something. So here's this platter and I keep moving and I look down at the food, at the platter every time, and pick it up and I I pray for them and I bless them. I I give them one cookie and one sweetie, each of them. No, two cookies and one sweetie. There were five cookies left there were three cookie, um, three sweeties left, those long, sparkle things. <sighs> okay, Lord, here comes the next kid. Lines long. Okay, Lord, and I'm praying, I was like, bless you, sweetheart, and I pick up the two cookies and, the, and the give the one sweetie, and I gave it, and I looked down, there were five and three. Two cookies, one sweetie. Look back down, five and three. Now, I wish I could tell you that I saw that come from nothing and, you know, it didn't happen that way. It didn't. I wish I could tell you that would have been a super awesome story to tell. Didn't see it. What I saw was God happened in the in-between. It was the faith between picking it up, handing it to a child and looking them in their eyes and telling them that God loves them and God cares about them and God's providing for them and really believing that and looking back down and God replacing that very same cookie in that very same place and that very same sweetie. And God thinking that that was important enough to intervene. He thought that was important enough, right? We think think fish and bread, right? That's the main meal. I was thinking rice and chicken. That's the main thing. But God said the sweeties are important enough. It's big enough to them, and it's big enough to her. And I'm going to show her in a number. You don't mistake five and three. It's big enough that everybody could see that God was doing something. It was just enough there to show that I can't do this. I can't produce this. It's bigger than me. And yes, God cares about cookies. And yes, God cares about sweeties. And more importantly, he cared to feed his children. He showed up that day. And he happens in the in-between. I'm not going to say much more. He happens in the in-between. It's that moment when you say, okay, Lord, I surrender this to you. It's bigger than me. I can't produce this. I look down. I look up in faith. I give in faith. I look back down, and he supplied more and more and more. And it carried on. The, the line was long. It carried on and on and on. You know, you know, 10, 15 later, I'm like, whew. And I started shaking the plate, and the kids are like, are you okay? Yes. <laughs> 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 and i so rejoicing and praising God because God is so able, and he's able to do that in everyone's life, especially the people in this room. And I can bear witness that it's happening today. This wasn't a 2,000-year-ago thing, man. It's happening today, and it's for you.
0: Wow, and I I guess it's similar to Peter walking on the water. As long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, but whenever we begin to look at the circumstances and take our eyes off of him, that's where, I guess, doubt and fear and all those things can come into play. Wow, that's really awesome. I had a chance to talk with James and Jenny a couple of weeks ago, and and I was really curious about that story, and thank you for sharing that. Um, Do you have some other examples of... of, uh, Things that you've seen like that where God's moved supernaturally?
3: Yes. Do you want to talk? Okay. She's <laughs> Thank God.
0: Jenny's on the road. <laughs> I have
3: so much to say. Okay. So, and we went to Morocco the, gosh, it was, must have been last year. Um, we were there for a short while. We live in community with people. In South Africa, there's like this big place where a whole bunch of believers um, live and you live with them and share a bathroom. And it's just, wow, incredible. With all those wonderful people sharing a bathroom and a shower. So, but in North Africa, um, God provided us with an apartment and literally that was a miracle all by itself. He just completely provided us with everything that we needed in Western toilet. Yes. Hey,
0: yeah. And,
3: um, but across the way, we go into the community every single day and we lived with everyone else. And so we would go buy the bread every day, we go buy the meat, everything like everybody else every day. And. The lady across the way from us, she had back problems. And she was the bakery place. And they thought the kids were so cute. And they give them little cookies every day to my chagrin. I'm like, no, don't even look. Don't even look. Here you go. Hi, thank you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So um, they gave them cookies every day. And she started limping. And I saw her. I saw her. <laughs> and, um, and I asked her what was wrong in my broken French and her broken um, French English. And um, we tried to make it work with some Arabic mixed in there. And she was telling me about her back. And she was in pain with her back. Now, they knew we were believers. It spreads kind of fast that Christians are in the neighborhood. So they knew we were believers, and um, she allowed me to pray for her. And I laid hands on her, and I prayed for her, and her eyes opened up really, really big. And I know she was feeling something that just was uh, a little bit strange, you know. And she didn't know how to place that because in Islam, um, Allah doesn't work that way. You don't, it doesn't, it, that doesn't exist. That exchange between spirit to spirit doesn't exist. That, that does is not, is not a thing that's, that happens. And mm-hmm. so, um, God intervened in that moment. She felt a little something. And the next day, she told me, I'm better, I'm better, I'm better. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. And praise be to Allah, praise be to God. And I told her, you know, Isa al Messiah, his name is Jesus. His name mm-hmm. is Jesus. And she says, Alhamdulillah. Like, it didn't matter that his name, who, who his name was, it mattered that he healed me. And for them to say that, that's a big deal, man. Because it matters whose
1: name it yeah, is. <laughs> you <right>. know, <laughs> there
3: it matters, you know. And so for her, and it was a, it was a small moment because she lived right away from the cross away from us. And we go in and out of that store all the time. But it was a small moment and God did something really, really big. Because that's somebody you could say that the scripture talks about, you know, be blessed and be healed and, and you go on your way. But God wants you to intervene in people's life. God wants you to be present in the moment. God wants you to look for the miraculous because it's there. If you open up your eyes, that moment is always there. And if you're willing to do what it takes for me, um, that could have been big trouble. Laying hands on people in an open <laughs> Market and talking about this Jesus. And you know, that could have been a big, a big deal. That could have been big trouble. But God has made it such a way that He's moved us and kind of just orchestrated everything in a way that He has kept us from harm's way. He has given us favor. And in that moment, she was healed in that time, in that place. And I don't she didn't give her heart to Jesus. She didn't tell me if she did. Um, but I believe God for her in that moment because she had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and nobody walks away the same.
0: Wow, And so another one of the differences is them being able to experience the Holy Spirit like we do here. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. I guess we take that for granted when we when we come together or and worship or we're in our quiet time and the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. I guess something we should not take for granted. Yeah. I have a question. What's the weirdest food you guys have eaten? I have not Because I know when Pastor Christine went to Africa, they had exotic stuff fried worms and they were real crunchy and you know I don't know so anyway James
2: <laughs> <laughs> no well like I told you I've had that hunger pain before so it you know I, I'm gonna eat yeah and my wife she, you know, <laughs> she takes these convenient times to fast I'm gonna eat <laughs> but uh one time you know I, I don't know what's considered weird to people you know, I'm I, like I said I'm gonna eat but there was a time that I felt uncomfortable uh, we, a Medina is like our downtown, but they use it as a, a commerce place. They trade and they, they sell things. And so uh, it's, it's a really busy market. And so there's a lot of food being sold and you know people just interacting and going through. And so I was with my language coach at the time. It was a lady. And she brought a friend of hers uh, that was also a Muslim. And we were going to... Uh, I forget. We needed something. I, I, I had a problem with my phone. And so they don't like to take cabs. They can't afford the cabs. You know, with the bus system, and so many people on the bus. So we walked literally across Casablanca. And we were walking and walking. We finally we came to a little small, like, market area. It's kind of like a Medina. It's called a Hanut. And, uh, no, Hanut is a corner store. What is that little? Well Something like it. It's one of these names. Anyway... Uh, I, a sook, a sook, that's it, yeah, sorry, um so but when we got there, they had this he, this they explained to me with hand gestures and and my language coach explained translated to me that they the the guy her friend had a cousin who worked in the in the sook, and in the sook they they sell these big old pots, they have these big pots of boiling um snails, and it's not like uh french france where they you know saute them and they add garlic butter and this and that they they actually just uh pick them up from the, up from the ground, ground and they, they they i don't even think they have a farm for them i think they just go and harvest them through for you know through the dirt and they just toss them in and but they add some seasoning and it and the broth is actually really good and they say it's the best part but what he does is he give you a bowl and you you know you praise god for the bowl and then they give you a toothpick and you know when they when the i guess when the hot water hits them, they come out and their antennas are fully extended. You know? <laughs> and you just get your little toothpick and you pick it up and and they're longer than what you think <laughs> they're long, they're actually like I me, mean, they're huge and, and I seen her do it, and him do it, and then it was my turn you know and and so I ate mine and, and eat cuss, mm, cuss, eat 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 let's eat let's enjoy and and at that moment i didn't know the guy at the time i ended up getting to know him and ended up praying for him as well in Jesus' name but at that time is when we broke bread together and he, you know, really welcomed me into him and, and developed a relationship with him because I ate half a bowl of these these snails. That he knew I, American, would never eat, you know. And then they told me to drink the broth. And, and I mean, it's gritty and it's dirty, and, and I'm drinking the broth, and, and I'm like, yeah, I did it, yeah. You know? <laughs> and we're chest bumping and stuff, and, and, and we continue on, you know. And from that day forward, we developed a relationship for from it. Wow. Yeah, but that was pretty weird. I mean, eating... You know, dirt from the digestive system of a snail—it's pretty. Well, what did the what did the snail itself taste like? Like chicken, right? (laughs) Uh, No, (laughs) (laughs) it it it, was—it tasted similar to the broth, but it's not the taste that gets you. It's the texture. It's the taste like eating a mushroom, but the 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 grit inside of it. Because I ate it in France and it was delicious. I loved it, and that's why okay I can do one. They wanted me to do a whole bowl of them.
3: Um, in the markets where we buy our meat, we often saw big camel heads, and they kept the head, they skinned them down and they leave the head on there so you know it's real camel. But we eat sometimes when we have to, we eat in different places, and we know that they put camel in it because they make food stretch, and camels are abundant in the desert. So I can't say that I've ordered camel, but I'm certain that they've snuck it in somewhere. I'll show you this, you know, kind of a thing, so...
0: What is the the cow head, kabasa or something like that? Do, do they do that kind of thing, put the, the camel head in the dirt and cook it? or
3: No. Well, we've, they have a lot of practices. I haven't seen them put the camel head in the dirt. They eat the meat all the way from just above the neck. They eat the tendons, and they do eat eyeballs and all this stuff, but they put the head there on display to to. So you can be assured that it's real. It's camel. authentic. Yeah. Oh good. Yeah, it's straight in the heat, and the flies, and the, it's all there <laughs> <laughs> it's for
2: you. There, there's no like USDA though, you guys. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's no, there's no plastic covering this animal, and yeah. there's rows of them, and the butchers back there handling beef and chicken all at the same time, and, and the flies are enjoying with you, and it, look at this, and the tongue's hanging out and just posing for you. So it's it's an experience. Yeah, it is an experience. Wow so how how many people want to go to
0: Africa and, and do <laughs> it 's not ever? all like that it's not
2: all bad yeah. <laughs> they got some really good food as well.
0: you know I think that's awesome that you guys are being obedient and impacting the world around us and uh, impacting people, taking the gospel of Christ. What can we do here at Life Fellowship to help you guys and support you
2: uh, for me what's most important because i 'm the head of my household and i'm going and i'm and i 'm Acting, I'm 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 an ambassador for, for Christ, and I'm leading my family. But I'm still human, and so I have, uh, you know, limitations. And so prayer is the most important. There's been times where my whole family is sick except me. God is teaching me lessons. And so they're throwing up and can't, and they're not able to, they're not able to uh, digest food, and, and they're continuously throwing up. And the only thing that would help me at that time is prayer. And I had the opportunity to go to a cafe and call my family and people prayed and by the time I got back to my room the prayer was answered. So the most utmost importance is that you remember us in prayer. I mean it's one thing to say yeah I'll pray for you and we all do that sometimes. I'll pray for you and never pray for them. But we really need because we're in enemy's territory especially in in, in, um, the Islamic world where Satan doesn't want us there. And a lot of people hear Islam and get scared because it's a tactic that Satan is using. So there's a lot of Oppression and and defense against Christians and believers are coming in, so we really need prayer. That's one of the utmost.
3: Definitely prayer, um, and pray specifically for protection and for favor. Um, these words are so important to us, literally for favor, because if we've been in situations we know it's nothing but the favor of God has said at checkpoints, under gunpoint. We're here to tell everybody about Jesus. Um, (laughs) and then literally the guy's just like get out of my face you know keep going and it could have been really bad and but the favor and the blessing of the lord he's just covered us ask people to give give what god wants you to give when you are supporting a worker whether it's us or somebody else i don't care who it is if god didn't tell you to do it please don't do it i would ask you to fold that up Put it back in your pocket because I don't want to touch anything God didn't put on anybody's heart to give to us. It is so important that it comes from God. He is the author and perfecter of every good gift, of every good thing. And it's not possible for it to be a part of us, for us to take it into the world and for it to grow and prosper, prosper and bloom without it coming from him. And so there's so many good people. We talk about it all the time. Like You have your Oprahs and these these wonderful, good people in the world that do nothing. They can't even blimp the screen in Africa, in North Africa, in the Muslim world. Why is that? They have money. They have access. They have all kind of notoriety because they're just good. And the enemy of great is good. It's the enemy. These are antithesis of one another. God deals with the excellence in people. When you give from the abundance of your heart, and it's because God prompted it, I need that gift that God is getting. That's what God grows, and that's what God prospers. And so we need people to come, warriors. We need people to come. We need people to give. And we need people to fast and pray for us.
0: Good. Well, let's do that now. Would you bring the kids up? And and we want to pray for you guys as a family. Yeah, yeah.
1: I want to bring to your attention is this. This family is going into a country that is dangerous. It can cost them their lives. And they take their children. These are the warriors on the front line. And I just want you to really, honestly, in your heart, commit to pray for them and their children.
0: Would you stretch out your hand? Let's, let's pray for them. Lord God, we lift up this family to you, Father. Mighty man of God, bold and strong. Lord, we pray your protection over him. That your Holy Spirit would continue to guide and lead him. Father, as he goes about doing the work of the kingdom. Father, that your protection and blessing would be upon him and his wonderful wife, Lord God. Protection, blessing, favor. Lord God that you would watch over them and protect them and continue to guide them and lead them by the power of your Holy Spirit navigating through the challenges the dangers taking them to the safe places taking them to the places where you've opened up the doors for them to share the love and the word of God and that there will continue to be much fruitfulness that will come from the work of their hands and sharing the love of Christ and that you will bless these children, your hand of protection always upon them, Lord God, to watch over them and keep them safe, giving them wisdom as well, when to speak, what to say, what not to say, Lord God. And thank you for this mighty young man and young woman that you're raising up as they see the example of their parents. They see the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit going before them in real and tangible ways that change their life, that build their faith because they've seen you, God, do miracles and do mighty things. So, Father, we lift up this family to you. We pray blessing and favor and protection, strength, encouragement, a further anointing, power of the Holy Spirit working through their lives, God. And we thank you. We thank you for them. and Lord, we pray your abundant blessings in every area of their lives, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, thank you, guys. Wow. You know, it's one thing to, to share the gospel of Christ at church or here in Kemal League City in this area. It's another thing to go to another country where it's illegal yeah where it's illegal where it's dangerous and so I want to encourage all of us to continue to pray for them you know the the great thing about the Holy Spirit is is uh, Jenny has called a couple of times and given us a word that was really timely for us halfway across the world and the Holy Spirit saying you need to call them and the timing was perfect the words were right on and it's exactly what we needed. That's the great thing about the Holy Spirit. He's not limited to a building. Or, and he gives us what we need. And if he needs to call us here in Kima, Texas, or Lake City from Africa, he can do that. And I'm so thankful for you guys and so appreciative. And thank you so much for sharing. It builds our faith to see what you guys are doing. It helps us to walk in the trust of God and not doubt. If you guys can do it over there, come on. We should be able to do it over here. A couple of weeks ago, I told you guys that they would be coming, and and I said, I want you to pray. We don't take up offerings very often. Uh, When we have a special guest come, we do, because we want to give and bless, because whenever someone comes to share, we want to reflect the heart of God. God is a giving God, and Life Fellowship is a gracious and giving church. And I know this personally, that some of the people that have come have been extremely blessed by what, uh, what we've given them. And I told you that I would pray and ask the Lord what Christine and I are to give. And I've done that. And he's told me. And I've also told you that I was going to pray and ask the Lord what he wants us, Life Fellowship, to give. And he's told me that as well. And I don't think we've written the check yet, but we will. And I know what it is, and that's what we're going to give. And what I want to ask you to do is I want you to give. I want you to be a part of this. Listen, I don't talk a lot about money, and, you know, we don't pass the plate here. But there's, there's a couple of things that I want to say. One, I want you to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And so what we're going to... Uh, these guys are going to play a song in a minute, and I want you to take some time. If you haven't been praying or if you didn't know about it, I want you to take some time and pray and say, God, what do you want me to give? And then just obey. And like Jenny said, if, if he says don't give anything, then don't give anything. But I can tell you that I've never not given anything. We have always given. And when I pray, the Lord has, has challenged me many times to give more than what I would give. But what I've seen in the second point is that when we give, when we obey, when we step out in faith, God blesses us. And why would I not want you to, to experience those blessings? I want you to. And God wants you to experience those, those blessings. We This is not a tithing message. We, we teach on tithing a couple of times a year. and and. Uh, and, and what I'm going to ask those of you that this is your home church, I'm going to ask you to give above and beyond your, your regular tithe. The tithe already belongs to God. But the Bible talks about giving our tithe and giving offerings. Our, an offering is above and beyond the tithe, the 10% that belongs to him already. Um, and God promises to bless us. And God is not going to leave us stranded. Listen, if the Holy Spirit is speaking you to give, then... He's going to take care of that. He's going to handle that. And I can tell you story after story after story where God has said, you know, let me give you a personal example. Let me have a time moment here, transparent, authentic, and honest. We had a situation with the house that we're building, and they messed up the first lot, and we had to go to another lot. And uh, the lot was much more expensive, seven times more expensive. I didn't want to pay the extra money. I didn't feel like I needed to. But you know what the Holy Spirit said? The Holy Spirit said, take the lot. He didn't say not to argue or push back, and I did. But he said, take the lot. And it was a substantial amount of money. It was a few weeks later, a couple of months later, I guess. My mom got a check in the mail because it's kind of a combination. She's buying the house, and we're, we're pooling our resources. But she got a check. And do you know that that check was the exact amount of money that we had to pay above and beyond? I mean, you, listen, guys, you can't orchestrate those kinds of things. Hollywood can't come up with stuff like that. So I'm telling you that God cares for you. And God is our provider. And these guys are over there putting their life on the line. They understand the protection of God. They understand the provision of God. And so the other thing is I want us to, to have a better understanding of that. There may be a time when we're in this country that it's not safe to worship the Lord publicly. We may be in, in a situation where, uh, you know, where God may send us to a foreign country. And we really have to walk in faith and trust. So are you building, is God building your faith muscles? Is he building your strength and your trust in him? So we're going to take a couple of minutes. I want you just to ask the Lord. Say, God, what would you have us give our family? Just take a couple of minutes and ask Jesus had
1: the
0: Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all that I've taught you and know that I'm going to go with you. I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. How many of us can go? Most of us probably can't. But we can help those that are going. We can pray. We can support. If you're, if, if you're giving today, if, if you'll just make the check out to Life Fellowship and write in the memo, uh, Africa. Or if you're giving cash on the envelope, Africa. Listen, guys. There, there may be somebody that you meet in heaven one day. Maybe an old man comes up and says hey I don't know what we look like in heaven maybe we don't look old in heaven I don't know but he may say those missionaries that you you support and pray for I was in Africa and they came to my, my little community my township and they shared the love of Christ and I'm here today because they came because you helped send them Or maybe a little child comes up and says, I'm here today in heaven because of those missionaries, but they came because you helped pay for their airfare to get over here. Listen, guys, we don't know what the Lord is going to do. But if we will just obey, he will do amazing things through our lives. Lord God, I thank you. I thank you for this couple, this family that's going and sharing the love of Christ, making a difference in the world. Father, who knows? They may be ministering to the next Billy Graham of Africa. Who knows? If it's just one little child that gets saved, that's important, God. It's important to you. It's important to that child. So, Father, we pray that you take these blessings and these offerings and these blessings and multiply them, God, that your hand of favor and protection, as we've already prayed, would be mightily upon them, and that we would hear reports and see from this area what you're doing through their hands and through the, the... the creative things that you've given them to do, Lord God, and through the power of your Holy Spirit, touching and changing lives. God, we pray for Africa. Africa's not some little area like a state of Texas. It's a, It's a continent, God. And you've called us to reach the nations, the continents of the world, God. And Father, it starts with us yielding and obeying. And, and, Lord, I thank you for people all over the world that are going, risking their lives, risking the convenience, risking everything for you to share the love of Christ with those that are unlovely, that those that are lost, that those that have no hope. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this family. I thank you for Life Fellowship, a gracious and giving church. Lord, I thank you for Jesus Christ, who we desire to replicate and duplicate. And we give because you gave. We give to reflect your heart and your character. God, you give to us so that we can be a blessing to others. Thank you so much for this opportunity, God. And we expect to hear great reports of what you're doing, further great reports. Jesus' name. Next Sunday, uh, we're going to have a wonderful time. I hope you will join us. Be sure and sign up and uh, help help out with the food. We talk about, we talked about it this morning, relationship building. Listen, guys, it's important that we build relationships. So come next Sunday. If you want, uh, if you have children to be dedicated, please call the office and make sure we have you on the on the schedule for that. And uh, listen, I, I want you to know how much we love you. We appreciate you. And I know that God is making a difference in our lives. And God is taking our lives and impacting the community. You're dismissed. Go forth and live it. If you want prayer, the prayer team will be up here. Thank you for joining us this morning.